0: What up guys? This is the Chase Down. I'm JP and I'm here with my co-host Ben.
1: What's up everybody?
0: And today we're going to do some true and false for you guys. We're going to go through a list of statements and then we're going to tell you if they are true or if they are false on our opinions. And uh we're just going to jump right into it. Um Lloyd Pierce the other day, the coach of the Atlanta Hawks was fired. Um, An expose came out shortly after that, that Trey Young and him had a very rocky relationship and John Collins wasn't a big fan either. Um, So Lloyd Pierce was then fired and then replaced with Nate McMillan, who was on his bench. So Ben, the question is, will the Hawks regret firing
1: Lloyd Pierce? I do not think so. Um, I don't think he's a bad coach, but I definitely don't think any of the players really respected him at all. Um, There was a, Thing last year where a bunch of uh, reporters were going around asking NBA players who the worst coach to play for in the NBA is and like two or three Atlanta Hawks were like can we say the coach on our own team like can we say our coach Um, I think John Collins was one of those guys so they've never really had a lot of respect for him and Obviously, he's not good at coaching defense. I know it's hard when you've got Trey Young and John Collins out there who don't really know how to play defense. Yeah. Um, But the coach is supposed to be the one who drills that in. So, no, I don't really think they're going to regret this.
0: Yeah, I think it's false, too. I don't think they're going to regret it at all. Um, I just don't like the way he ran the team, kind of. Like you were saying, like the defense is horrible and then the offense without Trey Young is garbage. Um, like he kind of made it seem like Trey Young was James Harden, which is not nearly the case. Like James Harden's going to go down as like one of the greatest players to ever touch a court. And I don't think Trey Young's on that level at all. And they, he, it kind of made me feel like he gave too much credit and too much of the load to Trey Young. Um, like John Collins should have been getting more touches. DeAndre Hunter, he's shown what he can do this year. Um, Clint capella is playing extremely well and then somehow it always comes back to trey it just it' it's strange um, but yeah I don't think they're g- gonna regret it too much because a lot of your team depends on your coaching too like if they hate their coach they're probably not going to try their hardest um, and I, I think it's probably a good move it just sucks because he got fired when a lot of his players were injured like a lot of the hawks are kind of in and out of the lineup right now but when you're not performing and you're not in the playoff race with a team who just spent so much money in free agency, it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. You definitely can't blame Lloyd Pierce for Rondo being out and uh, Bogdanovich being out and even, like, Danilo Gallinari not being able to hit shots. None of that's on Lloyd Pierce. Um, But, yeah, as long as they don't respect him, and I agree, he gives Trey Young a little bit too much usage. Do you think that'll go down with a new coach? Because I I worry there's – now that Trey Young is used to having that high of a usage rate, he's not going to want to accept a smaller role?
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I don't think it'll change. I think that organization is so built around Trey Young that it's almost weird with the personnel that they have to try to change anything. Um, I think if they had an effective backup point guard or even an effective secondary ball handler – like a Mike Conley, I think that would really help their team play the right way. But because they don't have that player and it's just people to just surround Trey Young, I, I don't think they're gonna do anything different. I think they're just gonna have Trey be the center of the offense and everything's gonna run through him.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean when it works, it works pretty well. Yeah. He he's had some really, really high assist nights. because uh, he's good at finding shots for his guys. But yeah, I I don't like just seeing the ball in his hands over and over and over again
0: yeah and I read a article I think it was by Kevin um, O'Connor from the ringer um, might have been Jonathan Charks from the ringer but they spoke about how the Hawks have some of the worst crunch time numbers in the entire league they're one of the worst clutch teams in the entire league and Something that came to my mind was, is it Lloyd Pierce's fault? Because they've dropped 11 fourth quarter leads. They've lost 11 games where they had fourth quarter leads in crunch time. And is that a coaching issue or is that a playing issue, like a player issue? Um, I'd say it's a coach issue. Okay. Because a part of me thinks that the personnel is just not playing great enough. But at the same time, if it's that consistent that you're losing close games, that has to reflect on the coaching. So – in the grand scheme of things, I think the answer to this question is false. I do not think they will regret uh, firing Lloyd Pierce.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so moving on. The Suns are now the second-place team in the West. They have been just consistently winning ever since uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker have found out how to play together. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. So the true or false question is, Will the Suns, are the Suns a threat to win the West?
0: I'm going to say true. I think this is true. Um, The way they've been playing is a little shocking to me, honestly, how consistent they are. Um, This kind of feels like a team that might be one year away just because this is their first year of success, like sustained success. But at the same time, I don't love the way the Clippers are playing. I think they're overrated. I don't think they deserve the credit that maybe teams are giving them. Um, they always choke in the clutch. We saw it against the Celtics the other night. Um, Kawhi's been horrible in crunch time this year, and that's my favorite player, but that's just the fact of the matter. Um, and this Suns team, I mean, they have maybe the two best mid-range shooters in the league. I, I, I put Kawhi and Kevin Durant in that conversation. Actually, no. They have two of the best four mid-range shooters in the league with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Um, they just kill people from the mid-range. If you watch their games, when they run the pick and roll – they just stop right around the elbow, and they make it every single time. It seems like so that's an effective measure, and I think that's going to continue into the playoffs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is a true statement. I think they are a legitimate threat to win the West.
1: I 100% agree. Um, I'm not sure how real of a threat they are, but they're definitely involved. Um, I, the thing we talked about when the season started, maybe like six seven games in, <clears throat> was the fact that. You had Devin Booker as the clear number one option, and then there wasn't really anybody else that was a clear two, three, or four. It was everybody was putting up, like, nine to 11 shots. Right. Um, and the thing you see now is there is a hierarchy. Uh, Devin Booker is leading the team in field goals attempted, then Chris Paul, then DeAndre Ayton, and then I think it goes down to Mikael Bridges. Yeah. Um, and that's the way it should be. Chris Paul is definitely – he can have some games. He's not going to take 20 shots a game – uh, but there will be games that he takes twenty, twenty-four shots, um, and he's hot. You just have to let him do that. And DeAndre ayton have been given more touches. He's been a little more confident. Uh, yeah, they just seem to really be playing well as a team. And I'm—I'm I'm a little bit worried about the Clippers too, just because all of their recent games against good teams, they only have one win, and it was on a back-to-back against Utah um they lost to utah once they lost to brooklyn twice they've lost to the bucks they've lost to the celtics twice so against the teams they're supposed to win they win uh, but against teams where it's going to be competitive they seem to not be able to to get the edge and i don't know that might not hurt them for the regular season but it's it's worrying for sure come playoff time
0: i completely agree i i've hated the way the clippers have been playing lately um And something I've noticed is they they struggle to take advantage of teams that are weak in the middle. Um, They're very perimeter based, their entire team structure, like they don't have a guy you can just throw in the middle to score points. Like, I think Kawhi is the most effective driving option, um, like getting to the paint and scoring. But you don't want your star player going to the paint every single time when he has an effective mid range jumper. And he's an okay three point shooter. That's that's not what it should be where Kawhi is the guy driving and kicking the people. I just think there should be more focus on getting to the paint instead of just chucking up threes endlessly. Um, and their defense against the interior is not something to be proud of either. I mean, Giannis is a special player. He's going to get to the paint no matter what, but that Bucks Clippers game, I went back and watched it and he just kind of did what he wanted in the fourth quarter against them in the paint. Cause that's really the only place he can score. So I have some real concerns about them. In my opinion, I put the Suns above the Clippers right now.
1: Right now, definitely, yeah. I think uh, I wouldn't be that surprised if by the end of the season the Clippers have kind of overtaken that mark. Um, the Lakers, too, if LeBron and AD can be healthy together. Yeah. Um, That's the only thing with the Lakers, really. As long as they're injured, their record's going to keep slipping. But if they can be healthy for a couple of months, I think it wouldn't be a surprise to see them climb back up to the second spot.
0: All right, let's move on. The true or false question is, is Embiid the MVP favorite? And for context, he just put up 40 points and 10 rebounds against the Utah Jazz last night. He hit a shot, a three, I believe, to put it into overtime. Um, he's just been absolutely dominant and it seems like there might be some risers Jokic is still playing unbelievably James Harden has really popped onto the scene in this conversation Luca his team starting to really catch fire so true or false is Joel
1: Embiid then VP favorite still I think true Um, Embiid I he has been the favorite in my eyes practically the whole season the Sixers are still the first seed in the East. Uh, the, the Nets are creeping up, but they're still the, the Sixers are still number one, and Embiid is still putting up just monster numbers every single night. Um, this team, I, I love how well this team is built around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It seems like they finally understand it this year. They've got shooters in the right spots. They're using Ben Simmons correctly uh, when he wants to be aggressive in transition. Uh, but Embiid's putting up 30 points, almost 12 rebounds, three assists. I think he's almost up to two blocks. Uh, he's just – he's literally doing everything. Now, nah, 1.4 blocks. Still pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, with the record and with how well he's been playing, I can't put anybody else over him right now.
0: Yeah, I think this is true also. Uh, LeBron I had as second for a while there. Um And I thought he maybe even potentially took him over. But with the way the record is with LeBron and the skid that they've had ever since Anthony Davis got hurt, I don't think there's a shot in hell that happens. Um, really, there's two people that I even see giving him a shot at this. And it's Luka and it's Jokic. I think those are the only two players that can even get into this race at this point unless LeBron really goes on a tear at the end of the year because Like we were saying earlier in the year, his media recognition is higher than any other player in the league. But I think Luka, with the way his team's playing now, and um, just the success that they've had, and then Jokic with the eye-popping numbers, and his team starting to play better, too. So um, I think those are the only two favorites, but I still think Joel Embiid's the favorite.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I could see a handful of guys making a claim. Dame Loward's a dude who... He's been probably the most clutch guy in the league this year. Uh, He had an excellent game yesterday against the Warriors. He had a go-ahead three to end up winning the game. Steph Curry's another dude. If the Warriors could climb up in the rankings, he could be on that list. Um, But, yeah, I think Luka would be pretty impressive. If they could climb back, if the Mavs could climb back for the hole that they started in, that could be pretty impressive, and that could help his narrative Uh, But, yeah, him and Jokic, for me as well, are the only two big names. All right, so next question. The Heat are finally back to playing well. They're back into the seventh seed now. They are 6-4 and in their last 10 games. Uh, They had a tough loss yesterday against the Hawks, but they beat them the time before. So our question is, are the Heat back to being contenders?
0: I think this is true. I think – Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in this league. I think Bam's not too far behind. I think he's probably like a top 20 player. And then they just have awesome shooting on that team. Um, Tyler Hero, he was put in a different role that he doesn't necessarily belong in. Uh, He was the starting point guard for a team that had playoff aspirations. I do not think that is his role. I think he is a two guard um, who can take the ball away from a ball dominant player every once in a while to help with facilitation. But I don't think his pure role is playing point guard. Um, And then Duncan Robinson, we all know about him. He's one of the better relocating shooters in the entire league. And he's just got one of the best strokes in the entire league. So he's going to hit his threes. So the way the team is built, it's just built for playoff success and regular season success. And now that everyone's healthy and they're not dealing with COVID and they're not dealing with injuries, now that everyone's there, I think they're just going to skyrocket up the standings again.
1: I honestly, I mean, I I agree and I disagree. I didn't really view them as contenders last season. Um, I think the bubble kind of worked in their favor a little bit uh, because you've got a dude like Jimmy Butler who's just there to win all day, every day. That's his focus. Um, They're definitely on the lower end. Maybe around the Celtics on the lower end, underdog could potentially make it to the finals if everything goes well sort of situation. Um, but yeah, health is the biggest thing. Now that Jimmy Butler's back, they've been playing really well. Goran Dragic has been playing really well. They beat a fully healthy Utah Jazz the other day, uh, which is no small feat. Bam Adebayo has been playing great. Um, yep. Yeah. They, they, Eric Spolstra too is an excellent coach. They all play really well together. I think, honestly, losing Derek Jones Jr. and Jay Crowder wasn't good for them because they didn't really replace them. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, th- I still think they're on the lower end of still being a contender.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're probably right outside of, like, the true title contenders. Um, I think Philly, Milwaukee, and the Nets are in that top echelon, but I think the Miami Heat are probably right below them in a different tier, probably on the same page on the Celtics, maybe above, in my opinion. I think they're probably a step above the Celtics. But um, I think that's a realistic um, outlook for them. I think they're a team that no one wants to see in the playoffs. Uh, Matchup dependent, they could ruin ruin your playoff run. So I think the Heat are back to being contenders, but I think, like you said, they're on the lower end.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. All
0: right. Let's go to the next question Uh, so there has been a report that surfaced recently that the Boston Celtics and the Charlotte Hornets are very interested in Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic has been having an incredible year he was named an all-star he's averaging career highs and I think almost everything Um, he's just balling out of his mind so the question is true or false Nikola Vucevic will be traded this season.
1: I think it's a real possibility. It just depends to me on how good uh, the package that he that the Magic are offered is. Um, I think in our, our trade machine video, the trade that I brought up, sending Kemba, Rob Williams, Romeo Langford, and Neesmith, that would be the sort of thing that the Magic are looking for. I don't know about that trade exactly, but getting a bunch of young guys with a good upside would be the best return for Vucevic. But he's still got three years on his deal. And if the Magic believe that they could be back into the playoff picture next year, like with Jonathan Isaac healthy, uh, with Markel Fultz healthy, a little bit of development from Cole Anthony, if that's enough in their eyes to be a playoff team next year, then I don't see them being traded. I don't think it's enough, uh, but I don't really know how they're, front organization other front office really views those players
0: yeah so i'm gonna say true um i do think he will end up being traded i'm not sure if it's to the celtics or to the hornets but i think he's just on a different timeline than these guys in orlando like jonathan isaac markel Fultz, cole anthony all these players are very very young um and vucevic is entering his 30s i believe i think he's an old 20 i think he may be 28 or 29 um but this like we've talked about in other episodes his value will never be higher than it is right now his team sucks and he's putting up numbers that he probably couldn't put up on a big on a better team so his value will never be higher than what it is and i think this is a real opportunity for orlando to kind of start over again because Yes, they've been in the lottery for a bunch of years, and they just started to creep to playoff success, like getting into the playoffs, but you still aren't a competent team. You're not going to be a team that challenges for a championship anytime soon, so I think it might be time for them to go back into the lottery and see, keep getting a bite at the apple.
1: I think that would definitely be good for them, yeah. Um, you're right. Vucevic's stock is as high as it could possibly be. His numbers are a little overinflated because he is the best offensive option on the team. So he's taken all the shots. Um, he would be, I would really like to see him on the Celtics. I know he's not a great defender. Um, so that might hurt us on the, cause you really need a center that can defend well. Um, and our four, I don't know if Jason Tatum's our four or three, but like we don't really have star defensive bigs. Um, that we could play with Vucevic. So I don't know, maybe the fit wouldn't be perfect, but offensively, we would be amazing to watch. And I also think it would be good for the Magic to give Mo Bamba and Kem Birch more minutes. Kem Birch is a pretty solid backup center. He's not like the best. He's not flashy in really anything that he does, but he's very solid as a backup center. And I think Mo Bamba's got lots of potential. Um, So yeah, I would like to see him traded.
0: I agree with everything you said. I think this is the perfect opportunity for Orlando to try out Mo Bamba. Like, clearly something has gone wrong with Mo Bamba where he's not getting NBA minutes. Uh, I think he averages only like 12 minutes a game. And coming into that draft, people were already kind of labeling him as a unicorn because we saw his draft workouts and he was hitting like 43s in a row and stuff like that. And he's just he has the longest wingspan of any player to ever step into the NBA so that kind of blew everyone away. And now he's not even getting minutes. It seems kind of crazy to me that they're not experimenting with him. But if they get rid of Vucevic, they have no choice. He'll be, he'll be on the court and they get to find out exactly what Mobamba is. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of best for everyone. They get a fresh start. They probably get some new young players, maybe some picks thrown in there as well. And the team that receives him, Will become a lot better because of it. Like it, it, we've talked about the Celtics getting him. Think about the Charlotte Hornets getting him. I mean, Nikola Vucevic, Gordon Hayward, Lamelo Ball, who's playing like an all-star. That's like three upper echelon players. That that puts them into a different category, in my opinion, than where they are
1: now. Yeah, that would be pretty good for Charlotte. Um, I don't know what kind of real young talent they have besides like Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. I guess you could ship those two. Yeah. Um, And that would fill a good gap that the magic have right now with Jonathan Isaac being out at the wing spots. Um, Yeah. There's, there's a handful of teams that I think should make a serious offer. Toronto is one they could really use a center. I don't know what they really have to offer. Um, But yeah, I think there's a bunch of teams that should really make an honest effort to try out, try to go get Vooch.
0: Let's go to the next one. Um, So recent report from Brian Windhorse Um, pretty plugged in guy for ESPN. He put out on Twitter that the Knicks may potentially sign a superstar or star this season from a disgruntled player who wants to get out of a certain situation. He didn't name any players. He didn't name any situations that people wanted to get out of, but he did put a report there out there that the Knicks are looking at stars who want to get out of their situations, and it's likely that they could sign one this season. So will the Knicks sign a star or a superstar this season?
1: I think absolutely not. Disagree 100%. Um, This is the same thing we hear every single season. (laughs) Uh, The Knicks PR team is unrivaled. There is no PR team better than the Knicks Every year they are signing every big name free agent that exists according to their reports. And then none of it ever happens. Um, They were going to get KD and Kyrie, uh, but I mean, of course they never were going to, but they told everybody they were. Um, They cleared cap space out in case Giannis wanted to come like they, they, have the idea in their mind that because Madison square garden is such an iconic place to play that despite their front office being absolute garbage, they're going to land talent. Um, they're better than anybody thinks they would be there. Anybody thought they would be this season, but I just, who wants to play for the Knicks? All right.
0: This may shock someone. I'm going to say this is true. Do You have any names? I have no names, but this is my thing, Right. The Knicks haven't signed anyone because they've been a joke for so long. Uh, No one takes them seriously as a potential contender or as a, um, like a legitimate threat to win a title, not even really a legitimate threat to make the playoffs for the past, like however many years Um, they've had a lot of bad dominoes fall their way. Like the summer they were supposed to get Katie and Kyrie was also the year they were supposed to draft Zion number one overall. It um, just nothing worked out for them. But what we're seeing now is Tom Thibodeau being a competent, above-average NBA head coach who instills a defensive culture into every single team he's ever been on. We're seeing that in New York, and we're also seeing success. And what drives players to certain locations is lifestyle and success. It's debatable whether there's a better lifestyle in the league other than New York and LA, right? Those are the two biggest markets. People are going to want to go there just for marketing purposes alone. Never mind that now they're a successful team, they're not a joke. So I think the new, I forget the guy's name, but they hired this new like president of operations there. I think it's Leon Rose, and he kind of oversees everything. It seems like he's doing a pretty good job of what he's doing. And, um, I don't know. I I feel like it's going to happen because they have some young talent that they can get rid of too for a star player like Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. I think teams would jump all over that um, if they were trying to get rid of a disgruntled star. So I'm going to say agree on that
1: one. So, I talked about how great the Knicks PR team is. The superstar that I put in air quotes there that I think they're going to end up signing is Blake Griffin after he gets a buyout. Oh, come on, (laughs) come on. Yeah, that's the superstar. That's the big name guy that they're getting. I don't like who, first of all, I don't know of any really disgruntled high talent players. I'm going to say
0: this is all speculation. Obviously I have no inside source. But I think it's Carl Anthony Towns. I, I cannot imagine that he's happy with what he's doing in Minnesota right now. He's said multiple times, like, I'm going to be loyal to Minnesota. I want to bring a winning culture here. But when you just see failure after failure after failure in the front office and with a, like, obviously Anthony Edwards has insane promise and the dude's, like, his potential is crazy. Will he reach it? We don't know. We're seeing LaMelo be an all-star player right now, this instant. And they botched it. They had the number one overall pick. They could have chosen anyone. And they chose Anthony Edwards over LaMelo Ball. It looks foolish now, but I just think Cat, with the culture of losing that's there and the continued, like, just trash that he's been a part of, I think he could call up the Knicks right now and say, get me out of here. And it would work.
1: Maybe, man. Maybe. I, I mean, I can see that happening in the off season, but I don't know, like by this trade deadline with within the month, if Carl Anthony Towns will be gone. Uh, I think, I don't know how harshly people judge him off the fact that they just brought his friend and D'Angelo Russell over. And then after playing five games and like 28 minutes in total together, he leaves. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. But he has been on this garbage team for long enough that I think if he wanted out, people wouldn't really blame him that much yeah um, and man i they have to be better eventually with their new coach, but watching them yesterday it, I don't know if you did it was like one of the worst basketball teams I've ever seen. just a whole bunch of players out playing basketball, no cohesion, had a whole bunch of garbage three point shooters sitting around the perimeter while Anthony Edwards did a post up he's yeah. not a post up guy it was just it was awful to watch
0: and if you watch this team for our listeners you can so clearly tell there's no culture there because it literally, like if you watch the games, you can tell they're just trying to put their numbers up. They're trying to get their 20 points. They're trying to get their 10 rebounds. They're trying to get their 10 assists. There's nothing more to that team. And Ricky Rubio even came out and spoke about it the other day. That's, he, he literally said this situation is unfixable with the way it's going. A player on the team, currently on the team said that that's incredible. I, I don't know if I've seen something like that before. Um, it's just, it's just not looking good for Minnesota. So.
1: Yeah. I feel bad for Ricky Rubio. I want him out too. Uh, he came to the, or he was fine. He didn't, he didn't really have the option to go to the Timberwolves. He was traded. Um, but Ryan Saunders and him had a relationship and he was happy to go back to Ryan Saunders. And now he's gone. And the team is as bad as an NBA team could be. I really think he should, I I wish he would get shipped out of there.
0: All right, guys, thank you for listening so far. We're going to take a quick ad break for you guys um, and we'll be right back. All
1: right, we're back. Uh, The next question, should the NBA logo be changed? There's been a lot of talk about whether or not it should be changed. People think maybe Kobe should be the face of the new logo. Maybe people think Jordan should be the face of the new logo uh, what do you think? Should the NBA logo be changed?
0: I think this is true. And I think it's not a shot at Jerry West. I think Jerry West has openly said he'd be fine to the logo being changed. So it doesn't seem like it bothers him too much. Um, I think it should be Jordan. Um, this, the NBA, for those who don't know the history of the NBA, the NBA was in a viewership crisis at one point. Um, I think it was in the 70s before Bird and Magic came in. No one wanted to watch basketball. No one gave a crap about it. And Bird and Magic kind of infused some electricity into the league again that kept people interested. and then Jordan just took it to another level. Jordan made basketball pulp culture, pop culture, sorry. And it became a part of everyone's daily life. Uh, People were wondering, what was Michael Jordan doing on a Thursday night? And that's kind of how LeBron is now. But Michael Jordan also made the game global. Um, Players like Yao Ming, players like Dirk, players like Luka, that's because of Michael Jordan. His influence was so far-reaching that it literally touched everywhere on the globe. Um, I think it should be MJ. I don't think it's Kobe, like no shot at Kobe, rest in peace, but he's basically budget version of Michael Jordan and he has some like iffy legal stuff. So like, I just think Michael Jordan's the clear answer. If we are going to pay it, like change it, but Jordan's going to want those royalties. Um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Jerry West is the logo for free. He doesn't get paid anything. Um <laughs> So I don't think Jordan's going to be like that. I think he's going to say, hey, give me this, like, paper. I want this amount. And um, I don't think the NBA is going to want to do it, but I think they should change it to Jordan.
1: I'm going to disagree. I think, like, if you were to change it, Jordan is the guy to change it to. You could think of so many different iconic Jordan poses to put as the NBA logo. But the logo itself is already – iconic i can't think of another big time logo like that in sports that i can recognize as quickly as i can recognize the jerry west silhouette um i don't know it seems like changing something for the sake of changing something like i don't know if anybody really has a problem with the way the logo looks i'm a big fan of the logo uh but yeah if you were to change it jordan is absolutely the guy
0: the thing that you bring up that does make this a little bit, like, annoying is, let's say, Jordan, he's the guy who made the league big, right? But let's say LeBron wins, wins another three rings, and he's first in scoring for, like, second in assists, just, like, basically eclipses every, every record possible, right? Do we change it to LeBron? like after he does all that and retires like is is this something we're gonna have to keep updating because we changed it to Jordan that's my only concern um but if there's a like with Jerry West if we just never change it I'm totally fine with that but I think if we do change it it's got to be Jordan and it's got to stay Jordan like it's been Jerry West for so long
1: yeah, I would I would kind of imagine if we were to change it to Jordan, it would be a thing where, like, 20, 30 years from now, we change it to LeBron. Right. Um, and I don't know that, that there's any reason to do that, um, especially, like, because we are so far from Jordan's retirement um, that, like, it's kind of a, a random arbitrary year to change the logo to Michael Jordan. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to disagree on that one. All
0: right, let's move on. So the question we have is, is the Mavs' success a fraud? And we'll go into this right now. The Mavs struggled out of the gate. Luka was overweight at the beginning of the season. Kristaps Porzingis was hurt. Josh Richardson looks like maybe the worst trade of the season. And they just have not been playing well earlier. But as of late, they've won the last nine out of their last 11. And Luka has leveled up his jump shot. He's shooting 36% from three. And if you've listened to our early podcasts, I went in on his jump shot. Um, People think he's a great shooter because of that step back three, and he wasn't. But now he's slowly approaching that level where we can call him a competent three-point shooter. Um, He has leveled up. He is dragging that team to wins. And Ben, true or false, is the Mavs' success a fraud?
1: I think false. The Mavs' success is legit. Um, This is what we expected from them before the season started we expected them to be in the playoff picture we expected them to be a good team um josh richardson has been consistent he's been consistently okay not great on offense of course he doesn't replicate what seth curry brings on offense but like he's not a bum out there um and when luca and porzingis play together they play really well i think I don't know of a more unbeatable play than a high pick and roll from the NBA logo. Um, that Kristaps can just fire deep threes and hit yeah. those. I don't know of a more unguardable play. Um, but they've got a lot of production from like everybody. Jalen Brunson's had a couple of good games. Maxie cleva has been pretty good. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. When he's hot can score 20 in a night pretty easily. Um, yeah. I think their success is legit. I think nine and two in their last 11, that's not going to continue, but I can, they're in the playoff picture now yep. and I'd be surprised if they fell to like the 10th seat, let's say.
0: I, I agree with you. This is false. It is not a fraud. Their success. I think it's legit, but their success to me is being the eighth <laughs> seed. Um, like, I don't think they can go farther than that, I don't think, um, unless, like, the Spurs ship their stars and then they just, like, kind of drop down. But in terms of their the Mavs' success for this season, I just – I'm not a huge fan of their surrounding cast of Um That Josh Richardson still bothers me a lot. Um, you guys might have heard my joke trade in the Trade Machine episode that we had where Josh Richardson plus two first-rounders go to Philly for Seth Curry. I think that's literally what it would take to get him back. Um, Seth Curry was just the perfect puzzle piece next to Luka. He could handle the ball sometimes, and he's just you, – you hand him the ball. He's one of those guys where if he is open, it just goes in. You don't even have to worry about it. Um, I, I don't think there's a lot of players in the league like that, so I think they screwed the pooch on that one. And then Kristaps, when he's healthy, he's a beast, but – we know that roller coaster, right? Like he's healthy. Some games he's out for a week. He's healthy. Some games he's out for three months. It's just, it's too inconsistent for me to really go gung ho on them and say, they're going to tear it up and be, be the fifth seed or something. Um, but where they are now, I think is sustainable for them. I think Luca, the way he's playing, he can win games on his own. Um, he's just one of those unique players that can lead the team and Scoring, rebounding, assisting, steals—like that's just kind of how he can be. Um, so I'm going to say this is the success is legit. It is not a fraud. Um, they will stay the eighth seed,
1: I think, this season. I think they could certainly climb to the fifth seed. Really? Christoph Porzingis is the X factor. Um, his health is is the problem, and we've we've talked about this every time we talk about the Mavs. Practically, yeah. is. If Luca's he- I mean, if Kristaps is healthy and if he's in form, your team is fantastic. Um, and it takes him a while sometimes after these injuries to get into form, but I think he's there. Honestly, I think he is there now. Um, you're going to have a lot of knickknack injuries where he's going to miss probably a dozen games over the rest of the season to just random uh, fluke injuries. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I I think I certainly underrated Seth Curry's impact on a team. I thought he was a dude whose three-point percentage was so high because he was only just taking wide open three-point shots. Yeah. Um and he if you watch him on the Sixers it's clear that he can do a lot more. He can actually handle the ball, he can drive. Right. Um he's not like a great facilitator, but that's not what he's on the team for. But yeah, I think losing so much offense from Seth Curry, they really need Richardson's defense which is what they traded for um to be at like a really high level and it isn't really he's a great defender but he's just not like not enough to where that trade helps them um so I agree I mean I I think they could climb if Kristaps stays healthy I think they could climb to the five seed otherwise staying around the eight seed I think is probably realistic
0: before we move on I'd like to know who do you think could slip
1: um, I have Spurs definitely. We're going to talk, we'll talk about that next, but yeah. uh, I think the Spurs could definitely slip a little bit. Uh, I don't know how real Portland's five seed is right now, okay. but yeah, that, I mean, it is a tough question. I would probably, maybe they move up to seven Denver moves up to six and San Antonio slides out. Gotcha. Um, so next question related to the Spurs, there have been a lot of rumors coming out that, Uh, Approaching the trade deadline, people have been, teams have been requesting the Spurs vets, seeing if they're available for trades, and the Spurs are listening to trade offers. So DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, and Rudy Gay, will these players be traded by the trade deadline? Yes,
0: I I think this is true. Um, I think they will be shipped. I think it's just time I know I mentioned this a little bit during the uh, trade machine episode where I made a trade for DeMar DeRozan to be moved. I just think it's time. You've, you've had 22 years of success. Um, I just think it's time to get a haul back to maybe start anew with some young players with potential plays. Um, like I said, maybe get Becky Hammond in there to be your new coach. Um, I just think it's time to get rid of the uh, veterans. LaMarcus Aldridge, he's a good player. He's not nearly what he used to be. He's not an all-star caliber player anymore. We saw earlier in the season, I think he went for 50, but that is not a consistent thing you can expect for LaMarcus Aldridge. He hovers around, I think, 16 to 17 points per game now. Um, He's a serviceable, serviceable scorer at the big man spot. Um, But, yeah, I I just think maybe it's time to start anew. And I still think this team could end up in the playoffs depending on how many of these players get shipped. Like, if all four of them get shipped, they're probably not going to be in the playoffs. But if just Aldridge gets shipped, I think they could still absolutely be a playoff team. So I'm going to say true with this one. I think at least one of them gets moved.
1: I think it's at least two. I wouldn't be surprised if Patty Mills stays a spur. Um, just cause culture wise, that's a, he's a good dude to have around other young players. Um, and he seems like the type that just like wants to retire a Spur. DeMar DeRozan, I could see being traded. He's added a little bit to his game this season, which is impressive to see in a dude's 12th year. Um, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge, if the, if the Spurs traded him, their defense would be better. DeMarcus Aldridge doesn't bring anything really on defense. He no. is good offensively based on the matchups. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got a lot of production from a lot of dudes, a lot of young dudes, Kelvin Johnson and DeJounte Murray have been great. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. They've, they've been great for so long. Steering into a rebuild would not be a bad idea. I want to see DeRozan get traded. I want to see Aldridge get traded. Maybe Rudy Gay too could be, could go to a contender. Um, yeah, I think two or three out of four is likely.
0: And I just want to amend something while we're talking about them. I'm looking at LaMarcus Aldridge's average for this season. He's only averaging 13 points per game. Um, That's crazy considering what he used to be as a player, but the contract he's on, I don't know if a team's going to give up too much for him, but I think, like you said, if they get LaMarcus off their team, their defense automatically becomes better because Jakob Pertl becomes their starting center and he's, basically only defense out there. So, yeah, I I think they should definitely move on. But uh, let's move on. So, next question. Kemba Walker is back to his old self. And let's give some context here as Celtics fans. uh, He entered the season looking awful. Uh, He was coming off injury, but he looked horrible. And speculation was running rampant through the media that this is probably it for him, his arthritic knee. It's not going to get better. This is just who he is um but as of late he has turned it around I think let the nine out of his last 11 games he's had effective efficient scoring games um and we know his ability as a ball handler as a playmaker so Ben true or false is Kemba back to his old self
1: I think true uh, I think it's far more likely than not that he's back to his old self Um, out of the last 10 games he's really had only two duds he had a dud against jazz and against new orleans where he just couldn't hit a shot to save his life Um, his fourth quarter scoring is still bad but i think that's more the celtics fault than it is kemba's fault specifically because our fourth quarter offense is just terrible yeah um i'm gonna flip the question around a little bit to you if you were the celtics would you rather have kemba walker or a bag of chips I hate you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So for our listeners, if you don't follow our Instagram page first, definitely do that. But secondly, I made a little video <laughs> that I would trade Kemba Walker for a bag of chips. And, uh, I don't think I would do it as of today. I don't think I would do it. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's proven me wrong for sure. He's making me eat crow. Um, yeah, man. I mean, his ball handling, it's just on a different play- like level than most of the players in the league. It does kind of suck having a six-foot point guard as your starting point guard in one of your offensive engines, but we need him to be good so badly. We've seen in the last couple of games Kemba put up good performances and also us get the W. I mean, it, they were close games against the Wizards and things like that, but we won the games and that's what we need right now. We were really, really struggling. Um, I'm just glad to see him become closer to what he was. Um, I'm actually going to say true on this too. I think he's closer to his old self than what he looked like in the beginning of the season. I don't know if he's still 100% healthy because maybe I'm just choosing to forget this, but last year, I don't remember him going like five for 23 in a game and just like losing the game for us because he just kept chucking up his shot. I don't know if I remember that. Maybe I'm choosing to forget that someone correct me if I'm wrong, but um, this season he's starting to get back into the form where it's like, he's five for five for 11 with like four made threes or like three made threes. And it's just like, even if he doesn't have those 20 point games, he still helps us win. So I'm going to say that one's true.
1: Yeah. I think if you go back and look at some of the game logs from Charlotte, from his days in Charlotte, there were definitely a bunch of games where he was a really inefficient shot chucker. It was more justified, I think then, because they, he didn't have offensive talent around him really. So he was the only option. I think last year when he wasn't hitting his shots, he would just defer to Tatum and Brown. Um, I still think he should do that. Like as when you're five for 20 and you have a wide open three, I know it's bad for your confidence not to take that shot. Yeah. Um, but like, you can be pretty certain if Kemba starts a game shooting really poorly, he's most likely going to end the game shooting really poorly. Yeah. Um, so recognizing that early and deferring, I think is a really good would be really good for him, but he's had, I don't know, six, seven 20 point games yeah. uh, the last 12 out of the last 12. So I think, yeah, it's, Definitely fair to say that he is back.
0: Yeah, I agree. I amend my take that he should be traded for a bag of chips and get him off our team. I think he's playing well enough that we're not going to get rid of him.
1: I'm, I'm glad to hear that.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, next question. The Kings are horrible, god-awful, and they have lost, uh, I think, nine of their last ten Um Luke Walton, what he has to brag about this season is having the worst defense in NBA history. Um, You started the year saying Luke Walton was a garbage coach. And when they went on a run of six wins in a row, I think you maybe stepped back on that a little bit because he shocked you. Um, Hmm. I think you can absolutely go back on that take. I think that works out perfectly. So, Ben, the true or false question I have for you is will Luke Walton – be fired in the next week
1: i hope so i hope that is true with all of my heart he should have been fired yesterday um they are i think their last 10 games or their last 12 games they are 2 and 10 yep. um, after being an over 500 team for the first time in a while um, yeah man luke walton doesn't know what he's doing I don't know why the Kings were so eager to sign him over anybody else. Didn't listen to any other coaches. They just, we want Lou Walton. I didn't understand that. Um, they have a lot of talent, man. We've talked about it. We've talked about how good De'Aaron Fox is, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, even Marvin Bagley's looking like a pretty good option. If you stop thinking about the fact that he was a number four pick and just think about him like as an NBA player, um, he's not bad. Um, He's had a bunch of really flashy showings. He it still looks like he's got potential. This team should not have, should not be 2-10 in their last 12. And, yeah, it looks like every, every game you look at Luke Walton, he's just getting more and more frustrated. Uh, I hope he's gone. Alvin Gentry's on that bench as an assistant coach. He would be a much better head coach.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go true with this one. I think they brought in Joe Dumars, I believe, to be their new GM. I think they fired Vladi Divac and Jude, Joe Dumars came in to be their new one. And I don't think he's going to be the same type of GM as Vlade, where it's just like the expectation is failure, right? I think he actually cares about winning. He killed it in the draft, obviously getting Tyrese Halliburton um, at 13, I believe. Right. That was the pick. Um, I think so. Yeah. But Luke Walton will be gone. And the thing I'm, just like curious about is what changes when he gets fired I don't think anything I think there'll be a dynamic offensive team but they'll give up 140 points every night with Alvin Gentry at the helm so I think it's absolutely necessary that you get Luke Walton out of there he's clearly not a coach that you can trust to win um, and like you said it made no sense from the start of everything like why they were so eager to get him after LeBron just had his ass fired. Um, Usually the second greatest player of all time knows what he's talking about and doesn't want to be coached by this bum. Like, why are you so hyped up to get him? It didn't really make any sense from the get-go. But I'm trying to think of like a replacement that they could hire this off season. And I don't like, obviously coaches haven't been fired yet and the whole new cycle hasn't happened, but there's not going to be another Tibbs out there where you can just plug and play and then your defense becomes a top 10 defense. There's, I don't know of another coach who can do that who's going to get fired. So I don't see this changing for them, which sucks because they're fun to watch. But yeah, Luke Walton just needs to go. So I'm going to say true.
1: I think they have enough defense to where they should be at least okay. Right. Like De'Aaron Fox is a good defender. He is very quick. Tyrese Halliburton is an incredibly smart defender. Yes. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is a good defender. Marvin Bagley's not bad either. Um, he's a defensive IQ isn't there, but if you need someone to protect the rim, he can do that for you
0: in terms of his body, he's not bad. Like he, like you said, he's a lengthy shot blocker, but I put him right up there with like Andre Drummond and Hassan Whiteside in terms of impact on defense.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Um, you probably watch more Kings than I do. I, I didn't know he was that bad. I thought he was a lot more uh, playable, but I mean, they have Hassan Whiteside on this team too. So yeah, they're, they're really lacking in the defense. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just need to be the sort of team like bring Lloyd Pierce on and just fuck it all offense. Don't worry about the defense.
0: Yeah. Do you see, before we move on from this question, do you see this getting any better for the Kings anytime soon? Cause the talent says yes. Right. Like we spoke about it. Their talent is pretty good. I mean, they have a, like a, um, a, a player who's almost in the all-star game every single year. Right. Well start from here on out. He will be like, De'Aaron Fox, he's going to give you his 22 points and like exciting highlights every single year. Tyrese Halliburton, who looks like the rookie year, rookie of the year until what LaMelo started. Um, so I, I don't know, their talent looks good. They have Buddy Heald, one of the best three-point shooters in the entire league. And then it just doesn't translate to success. So in your opinion, do you think this is going to continue the, 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 the woes and the failures? Or do you think this can be turned around soon?
1: I don't think it can be turned around with the personnel that they have because uh, they have good talent, but relative to the rest of the West, like they're not, they are where they belong. They're the 12 seed right now. They're above OKC, Houston, and Minnesota. And those are the only three teams in the West that I say are definitely worse than them. Yeah, Um, yeah, I honestly, I don't know what the big change is. Maybe a little bit of development from Hal maybe just learning how to play together a little more with them. I think there's a chance that they ship out Buddy Healds if they think that that sort of pairing doesn't work well. Um, Yeah, with this roster, I can't see them turning it around.
0: Neither can I, honestly. I think they need a legitimate star, like where you don't have to question if he makes the all-star game. I think you just need a guy who's going to be there, one of the top 20 players in the league every single year, and they just don't have that guy yet. So
1: Yeah, I I 100% agree. Speaking of bad teams, the Houston Rockets are 0-12 in the last 12 games. Uh, Christian Wood has been missing, I think, every single one of those games with an ankle injury, pretty ugly ankle injury. Um, Our question is about Victor Oladipo. He turned down a two-year $45 million extension from the Rockets. He turned down a four-year extension from the Pacers. He is chasing a payday this offseason. Do you think he missed his chance to get the most money he could have gotten?
0: I'm going to say false. I think he's going to get a bag um, because I think the Heat really, really want him. Um, you were, before we got on the podcast, you mentioned to me that he declined a four-year extension from Indiana. Um, so he clearly bet on himself. He went to Houston. They wanted to extend him. He said no. It's very clear that this is a situation similar to Jimmy Butler's where he's just trying to make his way to the Heat. Um, he'll jump around to any team that he has to but he just wants to end up on the heat the summer of 2021 Um, I think the Heat are going to give him what he wants the Heat are desperate for a third star to make them a legitimate contender Um, I think he fits well on that team as well I think they need a second bona fide scorer um, beside Jimmy Butler and yeah I, I don't know I don't think he missed it do you
1: I mean, I don't think the Heat are going to pay him as much as the Pacers were offering. I don't even know if the, the Heat decide to max Victor Oladipo, that will be a failure for that team. Um, I don't think he really is looking for a max. Maybe in his head he thinks he deserves that, but he has not been good since coming back to and playing for Houston. He has been a high-volume, inefficient shot chucker yep. um, who – doesn't really care in the defensive end. I know the team's terrible. Yeah. Um, so you see that a lot. Like the Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker aren't playing very inspired defense either. Cause what's the point? Um, yeah. I think maybe he signs, I think the reason he turned down the two year 45 million from Houston is cause he wants a four year deal. Uh, and I could see the heat giving him a four year deal, maybe similar to Jeremy Grant where he got like four years, 80 million. Yeah, maybe four years, 90 million, something like that. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I still think a lot of money's coming. But I mean, the way he's been playing, man, the Heat are not going to offer him more than $20 million if he finishes the season playing the way he's been playing.
0: I agree with everything you said. I think the uh, Jeremy Grant contract is actually a perfect comparison to what Victor Oladipo should be getting paid. Uh, Jeremy Grant coming from Denver was kind of an unknown, not sure what you're going to get from him. And Victor Oladipo should be viewed that way right now. He is averaging 19 points, but like you said, it's on horrible efficiency and his team is losing every single game. So he's showing you to everyone's face, I don't impact winning. Um, So he should not be paid a max contract. He should not be given crazy amounts of money. I think twenty million a year for four years is perfectly acceptable. Maybe a touch above, like you were saying, four years ninety. Who really cares in the grand scheme of things if you can get a borderline all-star player on your team? Um, but is he a borderline all-star player? I'll, I mean, true or false that, right? Like, is he gonna be that guy ever again? Ever since his injury, he's looked iffy. So um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he missed his big payday, but I don't know how much it impacts the heat.
1: Yeah. I would be surprised if he ever made an all-star team again, but the dude whose position he's taking from the heat is Kendrick Nunn. And I think we can both agree that he would be better at that role than Kendrick Nunn is. Um, Yeah. It all depends on how much money he thinks he deserves and how much money the heat are going to offer him. I think if the heat offer him 18, 18 million, and then there's a garbage team with a bunch of cap space offering him 25 a year, he's going to take the bigger bag.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've heard rumors uh, from the Knicks for years now for Victor Oladipo. It's been the Knicks, and it's been the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to end up on one of those two teams. Do the, do the Knicks spend their cap space on a guy like Victor Oladipo? I don't think so because of the new regime. I think they're smarter than the old regime, I think they realize like that's not a smart thing for our future and for our present. Um, I think he ends up going to the Heat.
1: I have to see something out of the Knicks front office before I trust them. I know it's not James Dolan anymore. I know there's someone who actually knows how to make decisions. Uh, but I have to see a good decision before I think they can be capable of more of them.
0: That's completely fair. That's completely fair. <laughs> um, before we end this whole thing i just came up with the true or false question on the spot and i'm curious of your answer has christian wood proved that he's one of the most valuable players in the entire league
1: one of the most valuable out of how many players like top 20
0: yeah like is he a top 20 player
1: no i think he's almost a top 20 player um i don't know has he played enough games at the level that he's played at to give him that sort of title. I'm not sure he's played like 20 something games. He was really good. Um, 22 and 10 with a couple of blocks, versatile defender can guard fours and fives. I think, I don't know. He's a little bit too much of an unknown to give him that sort of title already. I could probably think of 20 guys off the top of my head that I'd rather have than him. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely starting to put his name into that conversation. I'm going to make an argument. Okay. okay?
0: I'm going to make an argument. He is the, the key to that Houston Rockets team. When they had him and John Wall, that team had the second-ranked defense in the entire league. Okay? So that instantly puts you in the playoffs. I don't care what conference you're in, anything. If you have the second-best defense in the league, you're making the playoffs. So, since he's been injured, they lose 12 straight. And like you were saying, you just put out his stats out there, right? 22 points, 10 rebounds, a block and a half a game. And his shooting splits are insanity. He's shooting 56% from the floor and 42% from three. That's like like unicornish type of performance that you get on a nightly basis from this guy. So, in my opinion, I think he has like a real case to be considered a top 20 player. Um, I'm trying to think of players I'd put on his level without being disrespectful, right? Because you said he hasn't shown it enough. It's easy. It's easy for a guy to have a 17 game stretch where he looks incredible, but to sustain it over years is something different. But what's the difference between him and Brandon Ingram? Um,
1: I mean, that's, I guess that's a good question. They play entirely different positions,
0: but like in terms of value to a team, like I think they're very comparable.
1: Maybe, yeah. I guess that, I guess that's not crazy. I don't think Brandon Ingram is the most valuable player on his team. True. Um, Kristen Woods definitely the most valuable guy on his team in terms of upside. There's a bunch of contenders that could take an Eric Gordon or a PJ Tucker, so maybe they have more value in the immediate future. But, like, upside-wise, he's definitely the best on the team. Um, he could put his name into the top 20 eventually. Like, maybe if he plays a full season. I can't, I can't say it definitively after 17 games.
0: And that's completely fair. But I'm just – I want to keep an eye on this kid because, like, what he's doing now – he could be like a multiple time all-star and he could the way he was playing to make that defense, the number two in the league. I think he could be like a franchise changing player for the Rockets. If they surround him with talent, that's like, it fits well with him. It meshes well with him. I think he could literally flip this around if they get rid of Victor Oladipo the Depot and maybe get some talented players through the draft.
1: I think that is a bold uh call it's definitely possible he's only twenty five he's got a lot more time left in the league. I thought he was a little older, but he's he's not old um he has a lot of upside if he just filled out his frame a little more yeah, he could definitely be someone you put uh you build a roster around i don't know how good that team is i'll tell you how
0: good that team is sure Christian Wood is only getting paid eleven million dollars a year.
1: How many years you need four wow so you know,
0: yeah that is by far the best contract in the league. No one can tell me differently. Luca and Luca's rookie contract. Okay, that's that actually <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, that's fair. But let's say they hit in the draft once, right? They get like a borderline all-star in the draft. They sign one guy, like one max guy from free agency. That's a that's a legit contender right there.
1: Yeah, I I I don't know how much I believe in Tillman Fertitta's ability to put together a contender. I know he did it with James Harden. Um, $11 million is an excellent deal for four years. That's, that's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, I it's, it's certainly possible that within the next four years, these guys could be really back in the playoff picture.
0: Yeah. All right. So I think that wraps everything up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Ben, any finishing words? I've got nothing. Peace, everybody. Peace. Thanks everybody for listening in. If you want to interact with us at the Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Blogger at the Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.